This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. The shutdowns from the coronavirus pandemics affected the lives of many people. It's also had an impact on religious life, with many churches being closed and mission work curtailed. Despite the shutdowns, some service organizations are finding novel opportunities to spread the message of the gospel. One such organization is the Lutheran Church Charities and their many outreach programs. LCC President and CEO Tim Hetzner talks about the challenges and opportunities presented on today's World Lutheran News Digest. And now today's Fast Track. The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod reports that the coronavirus has had a dramatic impact on its ministry. While the church does not have the authority to direct congregations to close, LCMS President Matthew Harrison has encouraged all members to obey the Fourth and Fifth Commandments. While the LCMS has encouraged its congregations as they offer gospel outreach in new ways given the situation, President Harrison, the Church's Commission for Theology and Church Relations, and the Systemics Departments of the LCMS's two seminaries have all advised against the novel practice of in-home consecration of communion elements while watching online services. The LCMS's seminaries and universities have all switched to online classes, and staff at the LCMS International Center are working from home. The LCMS has also temporarily pulled many of its mission personnel and their families from world areas. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas has once again gone on record stating that the Roe v. Wade ruling from 1973 that allowed virtually unlimited abortions should be overturned. As LifeSite News reported, Justice Brett Kavanaugh and conservatives on the Supreme Court appear to have set up their legal rationale for someday overturning the Roe v. Wade case from 1973 that allowed virtually unlimited abortions throughout the pregnancy. Abortion activists and leading Democrats for years have attempted to turn Roe into a precedent that cannot be overturned because it's been in the books for decades, even though the nation's highest court has overturned precedents previously when needed, such cases related to slavery and civil rights. In a decision earlier this week, the Supreme Court ruled on a case unrelated to abortion, but one that could have a massive impact on Roe. Its ruling, authored by Justice Kavanaugh, set for examples of cases that might be overturned and explained why overturning precedent is definitely allowable. In his own concurring opinion, Justice Thomas listed three incorrect decisions he said used a faulty interpretation of the 14th Amendment. Those included Oberdefell v. Hodges, Roe v. Wade, and Dred Scott v. Sandiford. California will no longer forbid worshipers from attending drive-in church services, this following a lawsuit against the crackdown. COVID-19 lockdown orders have forced the suspension of many public gatherings and activities across the country, including religious services, for fear of spreading the virus. In response, some churches have taken to congregating in church parking lots, where they can listen to sermons from inside their cars. Yet authorities in some jurisdictions have forbidden even that, prompting lawsuits and political pushback. One suit, brought by the Center for American Liberty in California, prompted Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom and Attorney General Javier Becerra to back down.
This is World Lutheran News Digest. இது லோக லூதரன் வார்த்தா பரிபாடியாகணும். I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. You know the coronavirus pandemic has affected a lot of people and a lot of organizations, not the least of which are RSOs, that is recognized service agencies of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. One such group is called Lutheran Church Charities and they do an enormous amount of work during normal times, but how are we handling it now? On the phone with me right now is Tim Hester, who's president and CEO of Lutheran Church Charities. Tim Walton wants to get into the program. Kip, how are you? I'm doing fine. And you? Yeah, doing great. Getting used to this working from home routine. <laughs> But it's a little bit different for you. You know, a lot of people aren't familiar with the concept of an RSO, a recognized service organization, which of course you are. Uh, what is it for the people to to explain to them what it is? Well, a recognized service organization and uh we don't refer to ourselves as an organization or an agency we're a ministry because uh, everything that we do ties into our mission to show the mercy compassion presence and proclamation of Jesus Christ to those who suffer in our need so but as an RSO we uh, work under the umbrella of the uh, Lutheran Church Missouri Synod uh we're not funded by the synod or by the district but we are connected with them which means that we uh, adhere to that and we're Missouri Synod and work through our uh, LCMS churches across the nation and internationally. So it's it's a port agency if you will to the work that the LCMS Synod does in their outreach with the gospel to uh, uh, all people. So uh, that's our relationship with them and uh, uh, I've been LCMS all my life and uh, uh and our our ministry is is uh, in line with uh, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. I'm glad to hear it. I'm also a fellow lifelong Lutheran, been born into it. Never knew anything else about, but uh, didn't want to be anything else but. Yep. Heck. Well, I can't. I grew up in Frankenmuth, Michigan, so you kind of <laughs> that was <laughs> my forefathers came over here and helped start the LCMS. So uh, Oh, really? Uh, it's pretty much in my blood, but uh But Christian first, but uh my tribe is the LCMS. That's the way I feel about it. You know, you your group does a lot of things. Uh there is a, a a lot of your ministries, canine ministry, disaster response, human care, international, hearts and Mer- hearts of mercy and compassion. These are all separate programs that are run by you as part of your mission. Uh boy, how are we doing that now since you can't get out and actually do it? I know for example, uh there's been a request from Chattanooga in the uh, wake of the uh, tornadoes down there. Right. Uh, fortunately, I, we had a number of churches down there. I think the churches themselves survived pretty well, but some of the parishioners lost everything. Well, you know that's that's killing us that we can't be down there. I mean, we've done a lot of work down in that uh, Mid-South district. uh area in fact we we've, we've had three different disasters down there in the last year uh and uh working with uh, uh Dr. Roger Pavlova uh down there wonderful man but right now we can't get down here one is because uh we're located up in Illinois and there's uh, a stay at home thing and also down there the uh, mayor of Chattanooga did not want outside volunteers coming in because of the virus so uh but that doesn't mean we can't still help and so what we're doing is uh we're keeping in contact with the district president there because we lose you work through 
uh, the district president where there's a disaster, and then uh, through his guidance, work through churches in his district that have been affected. So we've been in contact with them, Good Shepherd and First Lutheran in Chattanooga, uh, working with, we're in Cleveland, Tennessee, First Lutheran. So we're finding out the needs that their, their staff and their families have, and then into the community. And so what we do is we raise funds dollar per dollar, what comes in to assist those who have been affected by the tornadoes. Uh, we then pass them on to the congregations uh, to be used to assist the families that are suffering at this time. And if things open back up and if there's work to be done down there, then we will deploy volunteers down to, to help them out. Uh, you know, we're kind of chomping at the bit. To, <laughs> it's, it's hard for us not to respond to a disaster and to be there on the ground and helping. But uh, uh, God teaches us all a lot of things here, and it doesn't mean that Christians still can't respond and can't be prayer support and, uh, uh, and help the folks there and the pastors that are there. One of my favorite uh, things that the uh, LCC does is the comfort dog visit. I, I met yeah. a number of the comfort dogs, and they are wonderful. But, of course, now you can't actually take them out to the residents who are in nursing homes or children who are, who are traumatized, all sorts of different things. But I understand that you're actually doing virtual visits with the uh, with the yeah. Is that true? <laughs> when this hit, and after about two days into it, as far as uh, being in a uh, home confinement type of thing, and, and again, we have dogs across the country. We're in 26 states with dogs. So, But many of those states were, you know, east, west coast, Texas, you know, all affected. And the dogs were going crazy, and still were the handlers. They want to work. So, so I came up with, like, wait a minute. You know, God is not going to close a ministry door, because the dogs are a bridge to do ministry. You know, they, they connect with people. They pet the dogs. They relax. And, and then they talk. But that's where the ministry takes place. And then we pray with people. So I said, okay, if we can't be present, how can we uh, still show presence? Uh, of Jesus with the people. So we launched a virtual dog visit, which means that using Zoom, any one of our handlers and their dog can uh, take appointments to spend time uh, on a Zoom like you would, uh, I don't know if you've got grandchildren or anything like that, but you know, my kids Zoom once a week and, you, uh, uh, and, and so you can see them even though you're not with them. And it's a chance for people to virtually pet the dog. Many times they'll talk to the dog and then they'll talk to the human. But I got to tell you what, what's exciting is, is the, the number of people that we would have never, ever touched and spoke to by doing the virtual visits. And we started this and said we will, because one of the groups that we always serve is, is first responders. So that would be nurses, doctors. ER rooms, uh, uh, 911 call centers, police, fire, all of that. And I know they're just working their, their, their you know, tails off in, in, in serving people, and they are stressed. And so how can we connect with them? So, so what we do is these virtual visits, they're 24-7, so you can go online, schedule a visit any time of the day or night, and, and we will have the dog team with uh, 
uh, with whoever wants to call in, and we make that connection, and we never charge those we serve, so it's all free thing. And I got to tell you, the people that, I mean, we're going, we are working, well, I, I grew up on a farm, and so with my staff are working half days, which means 12-hour days, and we're working <laughs> 24-7. So it is, you know, people said, well, is it kind of slow for you? I go, no, we are busier now than we have ever been. And uh, the working off the, the working off site, you know, most days, even without this virus, uh, half of my staff is deployed out with a disaster or with a shooting or whatever. So we were all set to work off site. That was never an issue. So, but with these virtual visits, it's incredible the ministry opportunities and the people we can pray with it. And right now, I you know I can't sleep at night uh, that. Because I'm so excited of all the ministry possibilities and open, op, uh, open doors that that have taken place out there. I, I just, you know, God's still in charge of everything, but people are confused. They don't know what the, the news and everything they hear, and, and, and they just, you know, some think the world's coming to an end or whatever. And so it gives us a chance to talk with them. And, you know, when I, when I do my visits, you know, I always ask the people, you know, you know what the number one cause of death is in the world? Kip, do you? Um, no, as a matter of fact, I don't. The number one cause of death in the world is sin. Number one. All the rest is symptoms. Viruses, cancer, getting hit by... All of it is symptoms, but the number one cause of death is sin. The wages of sin is death. And they're not in sin in Genesis 3. And they go, No, oh. I should have known that. And from I say, You know what? The number one class, cure, so. the number one and cure to the number one cause of death is a personal <laughs> relationship with Jesus Christ, salvation in Him, and eternity with Him. I say it just that. Imagine we might have. You know what? They just. I imagine we might have some people. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Okay. Well, Jim, uh, I'm, I'm thinking that we may have some people listening to this program who say, a comfort dog? What the heck is a comfort dog? And, well, <laughs> and I, we, we could explain it. And actually, I want you to go dogs. into that a little bit. But, but you know, I think, personally, I think that, they, that, that they are first article gifts to us. And uh, God put them yes. on this earth to teach us things. All of God's creation is to bring glory to him. And if God, you know, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, Kip, is, is back in, in Numbers chapter 28, 29, Balaam and Balak and the talking ass. You know, and the faithful one in that story is the ass. And <laughs> so God spoke through an ass, but the ass was faithful, and what the ass said was what God was saying. So God can speak through an animal. But we have handlers, handlers there. But they, but the, but the dogs help them relax, even virtually. I can't tell you how many people they look at the dog in the screen and they just start crying and they start melting down. They say, "Oh, I needed this." I, and 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 then we say, "Tell us what's going on. What's what's going on in your life?" And then they start sharing what what's going on, and all of them have amazing. Stories of what they're going through. But they are receptive. I have never seen people more receptive to the gospel of Jesus Christ than they are now. So I'm excited about this. This is, 
I mean, who else could have opened up all these doors but God himself? Amen to that. And, you know, I think a <laughs> and, lot of and people... And the fact even... that all the churches are closed, Kip. Oh, all absolutely. the church buildings are closed. What an opportunity for the church to demonstrate that we're not buildings, we're not locations, we're a people that go out amongst the people. Same thing Jesus did. We're back to first century Christianity. And, and you know, it's important to reinforce that notion that, you know, the church isn't a building, the church is the people. Yeah. And, and this is so important to us. And we are using the technology that's available to us mm -hmm. to help spread this gospel message. And it's especially needed right now. There are people, I'm sure, who are not ill, but are been coped up and are just now <laughs> climbing the walls and chewing the carpet. <laughs> and, oh, and there's the message. Oh, classroom visits, you know, because many of the students are learning online now. We're doing classroom visits with our dogs where they can talk to the dogs. And, and here we are in public schools doing classroom visits virtually and, and say to the teacher, uh, can, we, can we say a prayer? And they go, yes, yes. <laughs> so we say a prayer with the kids and they, ask, and they, they can send a little text message because each of our dogs have their own Facebook page. And so we can co continue to communicate with the with the students in the classes. We're we are we're in nursing homes, you know, which was big for us, you know. And and I mean, the staff at the nursing home they'll take a computer with with a dog on on the Zoom thing, and they'll go room to room so we can visit people room to room because they're they're isolated. They can't even go out and and spend their time in in uh, you know the, the the more social areas that you have in a nursing home. So they just love these visits. And then we can send them, you know, we can send them a little stuffed dog. I mean, it the, the ministry opportunities, kip, or it blows my mind. And the people that are coming to know Jesus Christ, that's the bottom line. So if it takes the a virus to open people up to, to <laughs> discover eternal life in Jesus Christ, bring it on. Oh, we're making disciples of the nations, hopefully. You know, yeah. one of your other programs is, is another thing I wanted to ask about. Of course, we do have this, this pandemic, and it is killing people. Uh, mm -hmm. We're losing loved ones. Now, you have an, uh, a program, one of, the, one of your mission programs. is called Hearts of Mercy and Compassion and Crosses yeah. for Losses. How does this function? Yeah. Well, there was a guy named Greg Zanis who did about 10 years ago, started on his own, a very devout Christian man. And he's not Lutheran, but very devout Christian man. And he started making crosses for people that got shot uh, or unexpectedly die in a car accident and putting them out. Uh, and so it could be kind of a memorial for the people. And he went all around the countries doing this, and he didn't charge. And we'd run into him all the time at shootings. Anyway... Start last December, he, for health reasons, he had to give it up and financial reasons. So he knew us and he says, I'm going to turn it all over to you. And I mean, he, he said that the day after he announced on CNN that he was going to turn it all over to Lutheran Church Charity. So, <laughs> so and I'm like, oh, Greg. <laughs> But, you know, God opens up a door. He doesn't always give you the plan of what it's going to look like, but he'll reveal it as you need to know it. 
And so we we did the crosses. And one of the things, you know, the cross many times to a non-Christian or a Muslim, it can be a barrier. But hearts, and so we're putting hearts of mercy and compassion with a fish on it, which, which some people look at that and they don't see that it's a fish, but they see it as, as one of the ribbons, you know, yellow ribbons a lot of times in crisis. So with that kind of lets us know if they're Christian or not. But, but people can sign this. We put a Bible verse on it. So when somebody has died, people can sign the heart. And these are specially made, individually handmade hearts with, an, with a raised fish on top of it. Uh, they can sign it, and they can give it to the family. And the family keeps that as, as a as a testimony to the person that they lost. You know, it's not like getting a card that ends up being thrown away after six months. They keep this. And so then and we also have hearts of mercy and compassion for police officers. So they have the blue stripe that goes around. We have them for veterans that are branded with that fire department, first responders. So we're going nuts with with the crosses of, of trying to get them made and painted. And we've got Churches throughout the U.S. that that are taking this on, painting crosses. We got elder male groups doing this, calligraphy, putting Bible verses on them, and then they so that they're ready to go out to help people right now. And we're not just waiting for people to die. People that are on hospice, and if the family requests the heart, we'll get a heart. They'll keep it there with the people, sign it, and give it to them. So it's a a ministry outreach with the heart of mercy and compassion and the presence of Jesus Christ. It's all about presence. And just like a dog that can connect, so can a piece of wood connect. And of course, theologically, a piece of wood connecting with the presence of Jesus, well, we just celebrated that, didn't we, Kip? Absolutely, we did. Whether we were in church or not, we were able to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. Yes. Tim, we're running so these out are of exciting time, times. Minute. Exciting times. <laughs> they are actually. Uh, we're learning how to do things we never thought we could do before. Yeah. Uh, but we're running out of time, Tim. But I want I want you to let people know how they can get in touch with LCC, learn about your programs, learn about what you're doing, and how they can get in touch with you. Well, they can go to LutheranChurchCharities.org on our website. <laughs> you can schedule a virtual visit. Or if you know a family that has been affected because of a tornado or a disaster or a family that is 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 some financial need uh, to just you can go online and, and send us that request and we will respond to it. <clears throat> How we help out families that are in financial need. We always work through one of our churches and and we'll send money to that church uh, and that pastor then can get the money to the people so that we have a connection with a Christian community that is where they are. Because uh, we're not a church. We are a ministry of the church, but we're not a church. And so I always want to connect people with a church. All of our donations, what people give to, dollar in, dollar out. So what they give to, 100% goes to what they gave. We don't take out any administrative costs. So it's, it's real simple. It's real clean. And, and God works in miraculous ways. You know, somebody asked me the other day, how are we doing financially keeping our doors open? And I said, you know what? If we're faithful doing what God wants us to do, he always provides. And, you know, God doesn't take economic losses. 
I mean, the stock market doesn't doesn't affect the net worth of God. I mean, he owns it all. You know, he just redistributes it sometimes, but he still owns it all, and he provides what you need when you need it if you're doing his will. Why would he not? He promises that in Scripture, and he has. As you pointed out, we're living in very exciting times, and the opportunity to spread our mission and to spread the word of Jesus, we are presented with a true opportunity here. Yes. Tim, I want to yes, thank you are. for appearing on the program and letting us know about these wonderful programs that, uh, that your ministry is providing and how people can get in touch, and especially about, I love those dogs. <laughs> Well, thank you, Kip, and thank you, thank you for what you guys do at KFUO. I'll tell you, it's it's wonderful because I can talk to people all across the country that are familiar with you guys and getting the message of the salvation message of Jesus Christ out to people who may never have had heard it, and to encourage people who know Jesus to step forward and introduce others to Him. So keep up the great work, guys. You're doing a great job. Well, thank you. You know, we call ourselves a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and that's exactly what we are. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.